For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You have this God-given gift and this passion. Maybe you're not the best. Maybe you are the best. I don't know. But I do know that you have a duty to use this in some way, even if it's small, even if it's just an hour a week. You have a duty to give this back to the world. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa, and around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ladies, we have a really fun interview for you today. I recently got to talk with Jennifer Fulweiler, who's also an Enneagram 3. She is a comedian, she's a radio talk show host, and she has a brand new book called Your Blue Flame. I love this book. I think it's hilarious. It's so well-crafted. It takes you step-by-step through the process of really figuring out what you do and how you can serve the world and what you enjoy. It's it's really well thought out and a really fun read. And plus, she's just a blast to be able to talk to. And guess what? I get to be on her talk show pretty soon. So you're going to want to be looking, following me on Cultivating the Lovely everywhere on Instagram and our group on Facebook and all of that so that you can find out when that interview is going to be going live on her show as well, which is super fun. Also, while you are, you know, following all of the places, you might want to come check us out on Patreon because we have more going on there than ever before. I think that ladies have really pressed in and now that everyone is quarantined and at home and we need our online community more than ever, we have so many fun things happening. We have a flower therapy club that is all about sourdough. We are making sourdough from scratch. We made all of our own starters. Katie Duckett walked us every step through the way it has been so much fun and we are about to embark on a new flower therapy which is f-l-o-w-e-r and this club we are actually going to be sending out personalized customized seed packets to our 15 dollars level members so that they can plant their own beautiful flower gardens this spring and summer it is going to be so much fun we're going to walk every step of the way and encourage each other and show each other our failures which i'm sure i'm going to have a lot of it's going to be so much fun fun and we are just having a good time soaking in some loveliness in the midst of this absolute dumpster fire that we are all living through. So if you need some lovely in your life, if you need some community, we would love to have you. It is so much fun over there. For just $3 a month, you can get in on our little bit of lovely level and you can join us for all of our lives that we do on Facebook. And for just $5 a month right now, we are still running that special through the end of April where you can get into cultivating groups and you can join our book clubs and you can be a part of all the different stuff we're doing. We're just starting an Adore book club by Sarah Hagerty. Shell is leading that group. It's so much fun. It's just good for the soul. And then we also are doing Persuasion by 
by Jane Austen. It's not too late to jump in. We would love to have you. So come over and join us. You can get in for just $5 a month to get all of the digital resources up to the $15 loveliest level. Of course, we are only going to be sending out the actual physical products to the $15 level ladies, but there are still so many opportunities in there and we would love to have you on board. So come and join us in Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. Also, if you would like to just see my daily hysterics of how we are trying to survive quarantine, then make sure you are following me at Mackenzie Coppa on Instagram. Okay, Let's get rolling, though, with this episode with Jennifer Fulweiler. Welcome, Jen. I am so excited to be here. This is so much fun to chat with you. I am so excited to have you. I am loving your book. Oh, my word. I feel like it's kind of a crazy time to be talking about, like, people finding their blue flames. (laughs) But (laughs) I actually, like, as I was reading it more, I felt like, you know what, this is the perfect time for this. And it's so much of what I've been feeling lately. But before, before we even get there, would you like to introduce yourself to any of my listeners who haven't heard of you? I would love to. My name is Jen Fulweiler. I have six children. I am a stand-up comic. I am a serious XM radio host. And I'm the author of a new book. It's called Your Blue Flame, Drop the Guilt, and Do What Makes You Come Alive. And it's so good. It's so good. Like, I feel like I'm saying this about a lot of the books that I have been having come across my desk lately, but you know, I'm at that point in podcasting where I can be much choosier about, you know, the ones that I actually talk about. And so that's nice that every one of them is like, it's amazing, but it, (laughs) it really is. So it's not, it's not me just coming on here and like being hype because I have to have these people on my show. It's not that way at all. You guys, this book's like really good. And it's hitting me right where I'm at right now. We don't know what the world is going to look like in six months. But as of right now, I'm thinking that my youngest child will be heading to kindergarten in September, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. hopefully public schools still exist. Right, right. Or else yeah. we'll all be living in a post-apocalyptic. Yes. We'll all be farmers, you know, like yes. just trying to get food from our gardens. Like none of the kids go to school. Yeah. Like what? You need to learn to read. That's right. Like, we culture. have no time for that. Go back to the harvest. Exactly. <laughs> so assuming, assuming that, you know, that becomes a thing again, then I have, I've got all this time to really be pouring into my business and my blue flames. And so I feel like I've been like ramping up to figuring all of that out and, and really, really getting to dive in like more so than I've ever been able to before. So I've just been like eating your book up, but would you just tell people like what even a blue flame is? Yeah. So this concept came about, this is the craziest thing. So I, my previous book was a memoir where I talked about have I had six babies in eight years and it was a memoir about how I learned to kind of develop my passions and, and, and make time for, for those sorts of things and how I realized not only should we not feel guilty about that, but we are doing our children and our families a favor when Mm -hmm. we cultivate those kind of passions in our lives. And so, um, and and so in passing, Mackenzie, only like three times in the entire book, I made a passing reference to the concept of having a blue flame. And so that book came out in 2018. People were talking about it. But the only thing anyone wanted to talk about was they were like, blue flame. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell me more about that. Like, what, oh. what is the blue flame thing that you're talking about? And so when my publisher came to me and said, you know, you don't have to, but if you'd like to write another book, like what, what concept 
jumps out at you. And I said, well, I guess the only thing anyone wants to talk about is this blue flame thing. And so I developed that in this book and the entire book is just my, not only my story of how I discovered this concept and how I apply it to my life as a parent with six kids, but also how you can, how this do- mm-hmm. looks different for different people. And it's basically a toolkit of how you connect with that blue flame and let it be a source of passion and energy and joy that ushers in just these waves of excitement in every area of your life. And that's what the book is about. And I love how you also talk about that it adds love to the world. Yes. Like it's yes. not just this completely self-centered thing. I mean, you, you talk about that pretty frankly throughout the book about, you know, this isn't going to be neglecting your family and like all of the other yeah. things. Like that's not what this means. And there are different seasons for it and you may take a pause and, you know, but, but it is this thing that you have been gifted with. And I love that concept. Yeah, that I, I always tell people this is this is not about you. And this yeah. is why I when people say, well, you know, like I, I know someone that um she like she loves flowers. She can name flowers. I'm always like the white yeah. one. I don't know, the, the yeah. blue one. I don't know what the, any of these flowers are. But but she loves this stuff and, and she can do these beautiful floral arrangements that are that are just gorgeous. But she always does this low self-esteem thing where she talks herself out of it. She's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm nothing special. And I, you know, I'm not really that good at this. And I always say, hey, this is, this is not about you. And it's not up to you. You have this God-given gift and this passion. Maybe you're not the best. Maybe you are the best. I don't know. But I do know that you have a duty to use this in some way, even if it's small, even if it's just an hour a week. You have a duty to give this back to the world because you are withholding blessings from other people when you don't share your blue flame. And I would say you are withholding blessings from your family. I mean, my, my kids, they have been so, there's just been this beautiful energy and connection that has come into my family ever since I really pursued using my blue flame, I have more energy to mm-hmm. cook that dinner, to deal with that fight over that one toy, to you know, to get the kids outside, to take them to the park. I have more energy for that now that I am using my blue flame. I did my family a favor when mm-hmm. I gave myself permission to connect with my gifts. I absolutely agree. I mean, I've had a ton of transition, um, just a crash course in me. I came out of a abusive marriage, um, very verbally abusive marriage two and a half years ago. And it took two and a half years for the divorce to be finalized. And for us to really, I know that's so hard. (laughs) I know it's been, it's been crazy. And then, you know, follow that with coronavirus, like a month after we finally get it (laughs) finalized. But, you know, I had been struggling for so long, knowing that I had certain things that I felt like God's given me this talent, like not to say, like, oh, I'm so amazing because I have this talent, but God <laughs> has given me talents to that I want to be able to use. And I feel so much more fulfilled when I'm using them. And I feel like I've become a much better mom and homemaker and all of those things, being able to press into those in my life. Yep, exactly. And it gives us, it just gives us energy to get through the hard times, the difficult Mm -hmm. times. You mentioned the coronavirus, quarantine, all of that. When you know what your blue flame is and you've taken time to identify that and you know the way you're meant to give back, you know what it is? It, It gives you 
a, a feeling of energy, of something to look forward to when you're having hard days, when otherwise you kind of yeah. might not look forward to getting up in the morning just because there's so much to do and there's so much on your to-do list. When you have that blue flame, like a friend of mine who's really into knitting and, and she's into this project, I think she's trying to knit a sweater, something very ambitious like that. Mm -hmm. It's just that spark of joy for her that she's like, you know, I've got some hard days coming up. We've got, we've got financial problems. I've got problems managing my household. My house is trash. But you know what? I'm going to take 15 minutes to work on that sweater. And honestly, just knowing that I have that gives me a, a little boost to get through my day. And then I'm going to give that sweater to someone I know who's having a hard time as a homemade gift made with love for this person. And it's just a beautiful thing because you're adding joy to your own life and you're adding joy to other people's lives as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, we'll be talking about this in and out throughout the episode and we're recording this back in March. And so we really <laughs> have- Oh, March. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> yeah. And well, we really have no idea what a month from now, when this episode comes out, the world is going to look like. Will right. the quarantine have been extended? Are we all on lockdown? Are we, you know, fully post-apocalyptic? Like what, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> by right. the time, you know, we're talking to all of you in the future. But I think that it is just so interesting how I've been able to use these things. Like, I, I feel like I've found my blue flame. And in a time where it can be very scary right now, so much of my business is dependent on sponsors continuing to sponsor the show because they think people are going to buy things. I mean, it's on my patrons who are wanting to put money out and towards this show. Whereas they're, they might be going like, I don't have money for that right now. And yet I've felt like, you know what, God has had me over the past two and a half years, somehow he's always provided. And this is like my time. This is my time. We've been building all of these things, creating this community of women who come together and try to find loveliness, even when things are really hard. And it's like, th this is the time for that to really shine and be an even more important thing. And that's so exciting to think about it in that way, instead of just being so scared, like I can use my blue flame even when things are really tough. Yes, yes. And that's what I love about this concept is it's different than a side hustle or a job where yeah. you might not be able to use it. If we, by the time people hear this episode, if we all are in a post-apocalyptic yes. scenario where none of us have jobs, like we're all just, everything is just nothing but devastation, yeah. you can still use your blue flame because it's yes. not about a job or money. Maybe you will be able to make money with that. I know people who have done that, but that's not the primary purpose yeah. of it. The primary purpose of it is that you have some special way that you were meant to give back to the world. And I don't care what happens in your life. I don't care if you're rich or you're poor or you're, you know, things are going great for you or things are, or you're stuck in your house. There is a way for you to use it, for you to give back. And you know what I found, Mackenzie, is that, you know, I, I'll just admit that I've been struggling with a lot of this coronavirus stuff. It has mm -hmm. hit my family pretty hard financially. A lot of my friends are facing bankruptcy because they're in industries that are just demolished yeah. by, by the shutdowns. And so, and, and of course I worry for people medically, you know, I, I worry about people who might get it and not be able to survive this disease. And one of the things that keeps me engaged and just keeps me from slipping into anxiety and depression is to think, you know what, I can use my blue flame 
to make one person's day mm -hmm. a little better today. Like with comedy being one of my blue flames. Yeah. Like, like I did, I created a schedule that a lot of people saw. This thing has been shared everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Multicolored schedule that just talked about what a disaster my house was. Like the first thing on the schedule was feral time. Yeah. When my kids are awake and I'm not awake. It's been shared millions of times. It's like the media has written it up. And, but what people say is they say, Jen, you made me feel so much better about yeah. how things are going in my house. And so for any of your listeners who saw my crazy schedule, and probably a lot of them, like everyone yeah, is yeah. at this point, that, that, that's an example of someone's blue flame in action. Comedy, humor, that's my blue flame. And I took 10 minutes, I put that thing together, and I heard from a lot of people who said, you made my day a little brighter. You lifted yeah. my burdens for a few minutes I forgot about my problems because I was laughing at what a dumpster fire your house is right now. Yeah. And so every single one of us, every single person listening to this has something like that. Maybe for them, it's not humor. Maybe you have a garden and you could take some fresh, like, I don't know what's in season right now. Whatever's in season, yeah. whatever's growing in your garden, you could take that and take it over to your elderly neighbor who can't leave their house right now. It can be something very simple. This does not have to be some massive commitment but each one of us has a way we can give back. And when you connect with that, when you tap into that, it'll get you out of bed in the morning, even in hard times, because you realize I have a duty. I have a duty to use my God-given gifts to make someone else's day a little brighter today. Yeah. Ladies, sleep has always been important, but right now a lot of people are losing it from stress and just the aches of the world I know are keeping a lot of people awake at night. So we could use all the help we could get to having a good night's rest because that is the number one thing that is going to help us dealing with the stress and moving forward. So I want to tell you about Yoga Sleep. They have been making products for sleep for over 50 years and invented the dome, the very first white noise machine. They know how to make trusted products that work because white noise is a natural approach to better sleep and relaxation. And Yoga Sleep makes sound machines for home, baby, and then for travel when that comes back someday. Personally, we have been using Yoga Sleep sound machines for a couple of months now. We especially love the Wish machine because you get to pick what noise that you listen to at night. My girls often listen to the rain. I like to listen to the ocean or some nice chiming bells. Like I feel like I'm getting a massage at a nice resort. It helps me kind of check out from real life and be able to wind down for the day. Their dome machine is also really unique because it uses a soothing fan-based sound and is the first of its kind. Yoga Sleep started in 1962 when their founder invented the original sound conditioner with a real fan inside, like the dome, and has been beloved by millions ever since. Their products are backed by a 101-night promise, meaning you can try them risk-free, and many of their sound machines are assembled right at their North Carolina-based headquarters, and their team hand-signs the quality control stickers on the bottom. So go to yogasleep.com lovely to save an exclusive 20% off sound machines for natural sleep for the whole family. It couldn't be a better time to get one of these machines. So that's yogasleep.com slash lovely to get 20% off. yogasleep.com slash lovely. And I think that's so important. And I think it also realizing that it's something that God gave to us. I know you talk about this in the book, that it's not something that innately comes from inside of us. I thought it was so interesting when you talked about how in the Renaissance, 
we shifted from how people would say like they have a genius who like gives them their you know gift and the arts or whatever it was to actually calling people geniuses themselves yes and where we yeah. like to take that credit Yes. Oh, I, I love that. And that's actually a famous TED talk too that I was quoting. So people oh, might be like, okay. wait a minute, I've seen that TED talk. I, and I quoted that in the book and people can look it up. And it's, it's yeah. this fantastic TED talk where Elizabeth Gilbert says, yeah, for, for most of Western history, people did not think it was this personal thing. Let's say you were a great writer or a great painter. They were like, yeah, this is just something given to me. And, and I'm just doing, I'm just kind of sharing what I've been given. And that frees you to not have it be such a hit to your ego. If you paint a painting and people don't like it, you're like, well, I don't know, that's not me. That's not my problem. I was just given <laughs> this genius. And I don't know, and, and as, as she says in the TED talk, I don't know, maybe my genius is kind of lame, but that was not my choice. This is not me, this is something external to me. And this really protects our egos. Because mm -hmm. Mackenzie, I know as someone who has a public presence who's using your blue flame through your podcast and all the great work you do, I mean, isn't it true that like, we can get so fearful when it comes to threat to our egos. I, I think that mm -hmm. I, I think there are actually scientific studies that show that we fear harm to our egos more than we fear physical harm. Yeah. And this is what stops so many people from using their blue flames. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe one of your listeners would love to do a little bit with photography, but they think, what if I take pictures and, and start an Instagram account and do that? and people laugh at it and people say that my pictures are bad, well, they'll, they'll stop themselves dead in their tracks right there. But when you have that separation of saying, you know what, this is a gift from God, it's not from me, this talent isn't about me, it didn't originate with me, and I'm just going to put it out there and you know, I don't, it doesn't reflect on me if people don't like it, that, that blame God, you know, like he's yeah. the one who gave me this yeah. talent. That, that allows you to take more risks with your ego. Oh, absolutely, and I think, um, you have that part in the book where it's like, decide that you're going to fail. Because if you already figure that that's what is going to happen, you are willing to take bigger risks. And then you're probably going to get a lot more yeses than you ever assumed that you would. Yep. Yeah. And, and I've, there are a couple of famous examples that I quote in the book of mm -hmm. people like Stephen King did this, that yeah. he, he prided himself on his rejections and he used to put them on a nail but he got so many rejections that the nail wouldn't even hold it anymore and so this is very stephen king very dramatic <laughs> he got this big spike and started putting his rejection slips on that because he was just getting so many of them and i think when we say like again to use a photographer as an example if someone says you know what my goal is to take 10 bad pictures today well, then it's like you win either way because either your <laughs> pictures are great and you didn't hit your goal, or if you do take 10 bad pictures, you're like, well, at least I hit my goal and I can feel good about that. <laughs> exactly. Like either way. And sometimes, I mean, I can get kind of dangerous with like, sometimes I think about that with hope. Like I'll just hope the smallest right. thing possible and then anything better than that is sure to be great. Yeah. But I think there's a little bit of safeguarding that we have. But I think especially in terms of your blue flame, something that you're wanting to pursue, like if you can just have that perspective of I'm, it's okay if failure comes, then anything better than that is going to be amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can only, you can only go up from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And you also talk about loving the bomb. Like you have to come to terms with it 
being totally awful and not going the way that you want it to. Um, you used Stephen Colbert when he was doing, was it Second City? Yeah. I think, yeah. And how you got to learn to like, when you go out there and bomb, I mean, I have a history in theater and improv and that sort of thing. And you do, you have to be willing to take those risks and learn from them and be able to pick up and change things the next time. Exactly. And, and what I love about what Stephen Colbert says that he learned from Second City is you have to love it, not just yeah. tolerate it, not just accept it, but love it. And where I applied that in my own life was when, when I was doing stand-up comedy. I mean, anyone who's ever done it, I mean, I'm sure you experienced this in improv too. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to bomb. It's just yeah. part of this line of work. And let me tell you, when I go down to my local comedy clubs and I'm sitting up there telling jokes and I'm in a room full of people who don't know me. I, I look very different than the average stand-up comic. I mean, it's mostly men, yeah. it's usually yeah. like 5% women doing this. And, you know, everyone's kind of, they don't think I really belong on that stage anyway. And then when I get up there and the audience is just staring at me when they're supposed to be laughing, Mackenzie, it's horrific. I, you know, yeah. being in theater, it's horrific when you have a bad show. Yeah. And it really transformed my mentality to say, you know what, this is any kind of suffering, whether it's physical pain or pain for your ego, like bombing on a stand-up comedy stage, you know what? It can be a reminder, at least I'm alive. I'm alive mm -hmm. on this earth. I have this life to live. I'm taking risks. And it's kind of like being on a roller coaster. When you go down that hill, it does not feel comfortable. It feels mm -hmm. scary. But then you're going to go back up again. And the key is to see it all as just a really crazy ride. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. And I do, I want to pause right here because this is a question I had from, for you, especially coming from like theater and improv and that sort of thing. Stand up. I mean, holy cow. That's like a major deal. I put amazing as a woman and a Christian, like you have all the things that would not be what is typically in that world. So what has that been like for you? Oh, Mackenzie, I, oh, I cannot even, it has been such an adventure because, because I wanted to do real stand-up comedy and the way you know that your comedy is working is you have to test it out in front of people who do mm -hmm. not know you. And oh. so I go down to these gritty dive bars and comedy clubs and I get up there and I do my material and, and, you know, I keep it clean because the material yeah. I'm working on, you know, I'm not going to be dropping F-bombs or going into graphic stuff. And, but I'll be the only, one of the only women and the only clean comic. And so I will yeah. follow someone who did like an absolute filthy set. Again, like the, there are no other women, probably, a lot of times there are no other women in the room, like even yeah. in the audience. And, yeah. and I get up there and I'm joking about the suburbs and minivans. It has been so terrifying. But what yeah. keeps me with it is that I just, I feel like humor can really relieve people's burdens. And I honestly feel that, and if you hear some of my dumb jokes, this sounds like a funny thing to say that, that God would be part of this, but I really feel like I have a God-given mission to just relieve people's burdens mm -hmm. through humor. Yep. And there aren't a lot of people with our profiles who can do this, whether it's yeah. through their, their life setup or whether, you know, whether they have other stuff going on in their lives, there are a lot of things that have to line up in a person's life for them to be able to even do stand-up comedy. You've got to oh, live yeah. in a city that has a stand-up comedy scene. You got to kind of be a night person because a lot of times you'll get on a show that like your set starts at 1130. Like you, you, you know, yeah. the early birds kind of have a hard time with that system. 
And there were just a hundred things that lined up in my life that, that allowed me to do this. And I really felt like God was telling me, there are people out there who are having a really hard time and who are really struggling and who need this kind of humor to relieve their burdens. But if you look at the Netflix specials that are out there, the comedy specials that are out there, a lot of times they're super, super filthy. I mean, I'm not easily offended, but I mean, they are like beyond the pale crazy with the stuff they talk about. And a lot of times they're openly hostile to people of faith. And so it's like you and I will be having a hard day. We're trying to just get a laugh, but then we feel bummed out because they're making fun of believers and they're talking about people who believe in God are stupid or whatever. And that that adds to my burdens. So I just felt like not enough people, especially enough women, from our world are able to do this. Yeah. And it sounds silly, but I really felt a sense of duty saying, if I can do it, I should, because yeah. not enough people even can. And so I, I self-produced my own stand-up That's comedy amazing. tour, sold out tons of theaters across the country. And, and I think it showed, I felt like that was kind of a signal, Grace, that yeah, this is needed. People want mm-hmm. this. Yeah, especially when the male Christian comics have a fall from grace. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Like, come on. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yep. Well, and it's on such so much smaller scale, but I like I really value being funny as well. And like, but for me, it's on Insta stories. Like it is such a fun challenge for me. I love to be funny on there. I love to like bring content stuff too. But so much of my job on there, I feel like is to kind of poke fun at life and to show the reality of situations and to just be humorous. Like when somebody gives me a compliment, if they say, you are so funny, they're like, I'm like, you're my best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, like I know, right? The best exactly compliment the best you can compliment. give me. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, Mackenzie. It just, I, I just realized I'm not following you. I'm following you right now on oh. <laughs> because I am also, I'm obsessed with Instagram stories obsessed yeah. like people call 911 if, if i'm not on there in, <laughs> within like a couple of hours they're like because jen lives on instagram stories yeah. so if she goes like five hours without being on there she's been kidnapped that's the only possible explanation yeah totally totally i have people I, this has happened just a couple of times so i will i will toot my own horn because it's a gift that's given to me from god it's not my own thing right it's right. my blue flame right, right. Absolutely. i've had people say like for me you are like watching the office to go to sleep at night. Like I have to watch yes. your stories to go to bed at night. And it's like, yes, thank you. Oh, and, that, and again, that's not everyone's call. Like humor yeah, is, kind of, no. that's an unusual call. That is, yeah. that's a, that's a less common way to, to relieve people's burdens. And so, yeah, I almost feel like we have an obligation. Like, think about that. Like when, when I watch Instagram stories of people who make me laugh, it's like, if they hadn't gone on there and done that that day, they would be making my life worse. They would be withholding yeah. blessings that yeah. I needed. And I say that to every one of your listeners, maybe, maybe humor isn't their thing. Maybe they have a different thing. You are withholding blessings from people who need them if you are not using your blue flame. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I mean, my one of my very best friends in the whole world. She's a two on the Enneagram, if you know anything. Oh, about yeah, that. yeah. The she, helper, right? Yep. She is the helper. She is amazing at it. And this whole like being quarantined thing is making her want to crawl out of her skin. She's like, yeah. I just want to be there for people. And she's getting so creative about the ways that she can pour back into people. And she like got out of her, her stack of cards from Trader Joe's and she's like sending cards out to everybody. 
everybody. And like her first thought when all the toilet paper started disappearing was, who can I buy toilet paper for? Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. I that's know. such an Enneagram too. It's so a two. And it's, but she's using that flame. Even in these times where we're isolated and all of that, she is finding those little ways to be able to cheer people on and help them from afar. You know, she's willing to mail toilet paper to her friends in California. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that so much. It's so amazing to see when people are living in their blue flame space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And see, that's, that's exactly the thing. I know someone else, her, she really feels like it's not just her Enneagram type, but her blue flame is yeah. encouragement, like service and encouragement. I bet she is right now at the post office mailing toilet paper to people like that is totally her thing. And again, like if she were to, I, I think sometimes we let our low self-esteem block us from this work that we are supposed to do. And mm -hmm. and so if she were to talk herself out of that and say, well, no, I, I don't have any talents. You know, I, I, I don't, I shouldn't contribute in that way. Well, one of her friends in California is not going to have yeah, toilet paper. Exactly. Like this is, it's, this is what I always say is your blue flame. It's not about you. I don't care if you're scared. I don't care if you're worried that you're going to be rejected or you're not that good. Do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Well, and you talk about later on in the book too, that it's like, it's okay to have fans because if your heart is in the right place, like you're seeking impact and excellence right. instead of adoration. And those are not bad things. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, imagine someone, I want everyone to think of, let's say um, a songwriter, you know, some sort of singer or a film director, a movie maker, or let's say the person who wrote and created the office or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, imagine if, if that person hadn't used their gifts, hadn't used their blue flame, well, you, that favorite TV show or favorite movie or favorite song, that would not be part of your life that, you know, if you, if they hadn't put that out there. And so that's why, yeah, I really encourage people not to, not to, don't, don't talk yourself out of this. Don't mm -hmm. minimize the gifts that, that you've been given. As parents, we want to encourage our children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. I know when life gets back to normal again, my kids will be jumping right back into ballet and basketball and all the outside activities that they were doing before all of this craziness happened. And sometimes when you're trying to pursue those kinds of outside activities, you need to optimize your kid's routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic, so they have more time to focus on the things they love. And that's why there's Laurel Springs. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. That means they have not skipped a beat with all of this going on. Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and unique learning style. Their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses as well. And Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Personally, I love that as a working parent, I could put my children in Laurel Springs and they would have the flexible schedule that I need, the instruction that I need them to be able to have while I am also working at the same time, especially in these crazy times. And it's a really modern view of academics 
it allows kids to be able to pursue what they want to pursue, still get the education that they need, and to set them up for success in a very different world than education traditionally was able to cater to in the past. This allows kids to be able to pursue all kinds of different things that they are interested in for more specialized careers as they're moving forward. So you can register your child at laurelsprings.com lovely today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com lovely for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com lovely. Well, and you talk about how there can be resistance that is basically from the devil. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it is. It he is. He is convincing you to not do the thing that you are meant to be doing. And that's, that's like his greatest victory when he gets you to not do what you are gifted to be able to do. Right. Well, because it's because he knows that when you use these gifts, when you use your blue flame, you are adding light and love and joy and hope to the world. And mm-hmm. my, the devil does not want that. Like he wants the opposite of that. So of course he's going to tell you, and, and this is something that we as Christians are very susceptible to. Mm-hmm. Of course he's going to tell you, you know what? You're just being vain. You know, you just mm-hmm. want fans because you're so full of yourself. And that's what this is about. So you'd better shut that down. And and no, like it, it's the exact opposite of that. And so of course, you know, that's why we end up under attack. And people need to realize that will happen. You will face resistance. What what yeah, you yeah. and I would call spiritual attack. That yeah. will absolutely happen. But again, like and I'm sure as a podcaster with your podcast, I bet you face that. I bet you have had those spiritual attack moments when you're like oh, yeah. No, why, you know, this is, this is, I'm, I'm all about the fans or this is vanity or whatever. And I know that chills your listeners to think of that. They're like, oh my gosh, what would, what would my life be without Mackenzie's podcast? (laughs) But, But this applies to them too. Yeah. No, it does. I think it's so important because you talk about how if you're feeling like devalued and I'm trying to think there were three, there were three D words. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Discouraged. Yes. Devalued. And something about like disunity, this is my own book, I guess. Like, just if you feel basically, it's like yeah, discouraged, devalued, and then like not connecting with other people. I forget what yeah. word I use for that, but disunity, basically. Yeah. I, I'm so close to finding it. I'm like, I was just reading. I have the book right here. Hang on. I'll grab it. Divisive, <laughs> discouraging, divisive, and devaluing. Yeah. Yeah. Divisive. That was the word. Yeah. And, and then the opposite of those, <laughs> I'm going to find those. Where are they? I'm flipping through your book and all the purple, purple highlighting I have all over this thing. Oh, it's feeling encouraged, united, and valued. I thought yes. that was so good to think of like what the opposite of those things are because sometimes there are times like you talk about where one blue flame dies, so a new one can ignite. Or even when there are legitimate pauses in the work that are not for a bad reason that God steps in and says, yes, I've given you this gift, but just hold on to it, wait for it for later. And you even share that story of Joanna Gaines, how she had Magnolia and she closed Magnolia and then she opened Magnolia again. And it was so funny as you were writing that, like I was reading that whole story. I was thinking, man, this sounds a lot like Joanna Gaines story. (laughs) Oh, it is Joanna Gaines story. But man, if that's not like, such a great example of a lot of times using your blue flame won't even make sense to the world. 
yes doing it right yes now. yeah right yeah be, because we understand we as christians are are in a prime position to use our blue flames most powerfully because unlike my atheist friends and i've many atheist friends and i love them but i always tell them i'm like you guys are you just you don't have the full information because god does exist and he mm -hmm. is the one who gave us all of our gifts and like you don't have the right owner's manual to to, to your life if, yeah. if you think you know, it's, it would be like trying to operate you know your tv or whatever but if you're using the wrong owner's manual so i always yeah. tell them like you you guys are missing out on using your blue flames and frankly many other areas of life if you don't understand that this is from god and so yeah, yeah you need to connect with him and see what you're meant to do there's a big distinction between what you're meant to do and what you feel like doing what you yeah. want to do and Mackenzie, I, I also want to jump in to say that whenever i have a friend who's talking about their blue flame and they say they're thinking about quitting because you know they're, they're just they're trash and everything they do is awful and they just can't pull it together and everyone else is so much more talented than they are i always say okay you cannot quit you are definitely under attack from resistance yeah. obviously the devil sees that there is a lot of potential here I will not let you quit. You cannot quit. Whereas yeah. when, when someone has that spirit of feeling valued and united, and what was the other word? <laughs> yeah, but what's the encouraged. other word? Encouraged. Yeah. Encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Encouraged, valued, and united. When they say, "Hey, you know, I I know that some really good stuff has happened here, and I really appreciate everyone who's who's helped me. I feel super positive about the future. I just feel like this isn't the space I need to be in right now. Like Joanna Gaines, when she first shut down Magnolia, mm -hmm. then I say, okay, yeah, maybe the Lord is leading you in a different direction. Cause that sounds like peace to me. That, yeah. that sounds like a positive decision. Absolutely. And it's such a good lesson to us also to be that for our friends yeah. to be able, like I've had my friends time and time again, talk me off that ledge of, you know, I'm going, I'm saying the same thing a thousand other people are saying. Like, why does this matter? Why does my voice matter? What am I doing here? What is this even about? <laughs> you know, right. and they're the ones who can talk me off that ledge and be like, no, no, no. We see it in you. God has put this in you for a reason. Now is your time. Keep going. Right. And oh, and so what a important. blessing it is to have that kind of support oh, system, yeah. whether it's one friend, whether it's your favorite group text. Yeah. That is so important. Because you know what? This is another thing that's so important for us to understand. You weren't meant to do this alone. Yeah. And when you connect with your blue flame, God will send people into your life, whether mm -hmm. it's some sort of partner in the exact work that you're doing, or maybe just a friend who can be that voice to tell you not to quit when you feel down, but yeah. that you're not meant to do this alone. Don't try to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's just recipe for a disaster. And it's funny to be talking about this right now when we're all isolated right, from right. each other, but like that God <laughs> right. made us for community. I think that's right. so important. And whether it has to be relegated to Voxer and Marco Polo and texting right now <laughs> right. or what, you still need your people for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Well, this book is just, it's full of gems and like really good practical step-by-step -step advice. I felt like, I mean, right, you get right to it right from the get-go saying, get out your cocktail napkin and answer these seven questions. Like you, you help people to be able to figure out their blue flame. And I think there are so many women, I hear from them all the time who listen to this podcast, who are like, I've had all these children and I don't know what to do with my life. And like, where do I have purpose? Well, this is one of those books that is going to help you 
hone in on that and see where you can, number one, find your gifting, but where you can use it in your life right now, where you are, you guys just go, just go get it. Don't, no, no, no. I take that back. Don't go get it. You're going to have to order it online. <laughs> but, you know. Virtually. Your, hey, yes. ebook, ebook. Yeah. Or you can have it delivered. Yeah. And Mackenzie, and I want to emphasize, I think you can sort of tell this book was written by a mother of six who has a daily talk radio show and stand up <laughs> comedy tour. I was like, a bunch of people have commented. This book moves very quickly. Yes. And I'm like, I don't have time for fluff in my life at all. It's like yeah. when someone comes to me with advice, I'm like, cool, I want to hear it, but you'd better get to the point because like yes. we're on the clock here. I got a lot going on. And so it's a short book and it moves very quickly because yeah. that's the book that I wanted to read right now. Yep. And I have, you know, like a 87,000 books come across my desk for the podcast. <laughs> and so when I find one that not only moves quickly, but has short chapters, I'm like, bless you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep, it's it's so true. And I read more of it when they are like that. So note to all the authors out there, if you want yes. podcasters to read your book, utilize that format. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So this is, you know, crazy to be asking this question right now, but I always do at the end of my show. So we'll do it both for what it is right now and what it was before, but what does a typical day look like for you, Jen? Oh, uh, well, again, we talked earlier about my schedule that went viral that starts yeah, with yeah. feral time while yeah. I'm asleep and the kids are, who knows, but like I hear occasionally I wake up, I hear a weird howling noise <laughs> and I'm like, well, either they let a coyote in the house or that was one of the kids. Anyway, I'm going back to sleep. So I was yeah. like binge watching shows. My, my, my life is a dumpster fire right now. I am like, it's just, it's chaos. I'm not even going to pretend like I have it all together. Uh, as we speak right now in March, like I've worked for Sirius XM, but they shut down the Sirius XM building. Yeah. So normally my show is live. And, and so I, I connect to the New York studio from my home in Texas and from my office in Texas. And, and so I'm live. But now I'm pre-taping. So basically, I've become a podcaster. Yeah. Because imagine doing a 10-hour-a-week podcast. That's oh what I'm word. doing right now. Yeah. I, I essentially have to podcast 10 hours a week. And oh. it's killing me. And I have no balance in my life. And my children never see me. Um, so that's I'm, I sit in my office. And I try to put together what should be a live radio show oh. all the time. And that's what I do. Um, but a normal week... Um, so I, I, I'm a late sleeper, and so I don't get up as early as most people. My husband gets up with my one child. My oldest child goes to school, so he'll do that. I somehow have managed to get out of most of that. He does morning nice. I tend to wake up at like 9 a.m., and I, I say hi to the kids, and then I head into my office. I get a little work done, and then um, my radio show is live uh, from 2 to 4 east. That's 1 to 3 my time in Texas, and, okay. and then I get off the air. And I do, I try to write some stand-up comedy for my next tour. Um, I have a stand-up comedy special that is coming out. I'm not sure when. I don't have those details nailed down, but I might right. do a little work related to that. And then typically I try to be back at the house by sometime between five and six. And um, now that my kids are a little older, a lot of times they will cover dinner. I'm not much of a chef. That is not my blue flame. Is, is <laughs> so, so sometimes I'll, I'll put something together, but um, some of my kids really enjoy cooking. And so a lot of times they do that. Uh, we do not have family sit down dinners as much as we should. Uh, that I'm a big believer in that, but it's just not that kind of life. Way to be honest about that. Though. Yeah, Thanks. right. Like, and I, I so agree. I could give you all the talking points. Like it fosters conversations. And yeah. 
Uh, but uh, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, because we have a small kitchen and so it's hard for eight people to yeah. gather around the table. So it does not happen nearly as often as I would like for it to happen. And then, you know, we kind of hang out as a family. Um, we have, we live in Texas. So a lot of times the weather is nice enough that we can sit outside. But another thing I'll be honest about is I do not have great screen time limits. What, what mm -hmm. we tend to do is um, they, during homeschool, which is during the day for most of the kids, they do have a certain amount of work that they have to get done. And then we do enforce like two hours in the evening that they, if it's a nice day, they have to be outside or something that can't be on screens. Yeah. But to be honest, outside of that two hours, screen time's pretty, pretty loose in our house. Like we, we're doing a psychological experiment to see like how, how much a child's brain can be exposed to screen before it just starts melting. And that's not even during quarantine. I mean, that's just like our lives. So I've given up on screen time. I don't care anymore. And so far, my kids are pretty connected with us and one another. Yeah. But you know, if they start losing touch with reality, I'll keep you posted and see, see how that goes. <laughs> this is your next book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, I, I don't care about screen time anymore. Yeah. That's my next book. I just don't care. I'm over. I have six kids. I can't monitor their screen time. I'm yeah. over. So, yeah. Whatever. I have, I have four and I largely feel the same way. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Especially when my son's like best friend, he lives 45 minutes away, but they can play Fortnite together right, and talk to right. each other. I'm like, well, I want you to talk to him. So I know, well, you know? I, it's funny. I mean, they do a, a lot of my kids do because they're homeschooled. That's how they connect with their little friends. Like, and, and I, I'm on my screens a lot, you know, I, yeah. I use my phone to text people, to connect with people. So I, I don't, I, I just found that it was starting to take up so much of my time and mental energy mm -hmm. that we do have that one block of time that we try to enforce no screens during that time. And, and I'll sort of loosely try to limit it. Like if I see that a kid has just been ignoring everyone for hours, I might be yeah. like you, like you one kid, like put that, put that tablet away. Like you've got to go do something else. But I just found that at some point you have to live your life. And like my yeah. part-time job could not be fighting screen time battles with six kids. And so yeah. I just gave up on that battle. Yeah. I know. I like, I sat down with my kids before the quarantine and was like, okay, especially you girls. Cause they're my younger ones. Like what can you play with your imagination? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's brainstorm that. Exactly. And you could you like utilize some of that while you're uh -huh. off. That'd be great. Right. But right. I was cracking up how you said that it sounded like a coyote had made its way into your house because last week I asked my five-year-old, like, what in the world happened to your head? Like, why is your hair <laughs> this tangled? Like, I've never seen anything like it. And she just looked at me completely straight faced and said, oh, well, that's because I rubbed my head on the carpet like a wolf. So oh, that is the most, that is the greatest. Okay. So this kid would definitely be friends with my kids. That is yeah. so an answer that we would get in my house. I love that. So I want to be best friends with that kid. I yeah. love it. Yeah. She's amazing. How old is she? She's five. Oh, I love, I could have guessed that actually. I have yeah. a six year old. Like, oh, I could have guessed yeah. that. That is the most wonderful answer ever. Yeah. And it, when they're at that age where they can really formulate things like right, that, right. you're just like, wow, all right. Well, maybe you should have your own Instagram story. Right, right. You're the one who needs to be on the gram. Like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in the midst of all of this Corona craziness and feral time and all of that, 
what are you doing to cultivate some sort of loveliness in your life? <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest, Mackenzie. I have recently discovered makeup tutorials on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I knew they existed, yeah. but I just never had time to do them. I wasn't at home enough. I'm obsessed and I'm having so much fun with just, it, it's just fun to be able to kind of play with your look and, and just yeah. try new things. Like this, this sounds so dumb. This is the most shallow answer probably you've ever gotten. Oh, no, I love it. But so I've never tried doing false eyelashes. So I ordered some oh. cheap ones from Amazon and I'm like walking around my house, like showing my <laughs> eight year old, like, look at my eyelashes. Aren't they amazing? And it's, I know it is so shallow and dumb, but it really improves my mood to look yeah. in the mirror and be like, Oh my gosh, like that, that looks cool. Like that's a cool look. And, and wow, I did that eyeshadow shading, just like the girl in the YouTube video. And, and so it just to look in the mirror and feel like I look like someone who has her act together when mm -hmm. I know that I actually don't. And like my house oh, yeah. is totally falling apart and my my kids are on like hour nine of their screens today. But when I look in the mirror and I'm like, Hey, I tried that hair tutorial and whoa, that really worked. That looks pretty good. And oh my gosh, that, that color lipstick really looks good on me it gives me this boost of saying, you know what? Maybe I will get those kids off those screens. We're going to the park. You know what? Like I'm, I, when you look like someone who has their act together, you start to, you start to act that way. And, and so it, it does bring a little bit of loveliness to get out of the sweatshirt, to do my hair, to do my makeup, even when there are no parties, no social gatherings, mm -hmm. none of us are doing any of that right now, to just pull myself together in that way. It adds a little bit of loveliness, not only to my life, but to my family's life mm -hmm. when I can then be like, hey, I put on false eyelashes, we're going to the park because I, I can't sit yes. in the house with eyelashes that are this amazing. Yes. <laughs> and oh girl, you have no idea just how much that fits in with this podcast and my platform. I am all about that all the time. What number are you on the Enneagram? Just curious. Oh, do you, do you can guess, right? I bet you know. Is it a three? I am a three. You read the description of a three and, and it's like, there's nothing more to know about me. Like that is the, when yeah. I first read it, I was like, how did they see into the very depths of my soul? Like this yep. is insane. Yeah. I'm a three too. And I, yeah, I, I was way. actually going to yep. guess that when it came up earlier, I was like, okay, Mackenzie is a three for yep. sure. For sure. And everything you're saying is just like, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, you know what I was going to say? Your friend, so she goes to the store, she sees that they're out of toilet paper. And she's like, her as a two in Enneagram two, she's like, I must buy the last bits and send them to my friends who might be in more need. You and I as Enneagram threes are like, I'm getting on Instagram stories. We're making jokes about yes. this. And I will actually forget to buy the last thing of toilet paper for my yeah. family because I was too busy goofing off Talking on Instagram stories. And yeah. so that, that is how threes and twos react to these situations. Totally. Absolutely. My other friend also who is a two, I just find this hilarious. Her husband is a six and he sent her to the store to buy supplies. She came back with flowers. Oh. only flowers <laughs> and he was like where's the toilet paper where are the plastic gloves and she was like i didn't think i needed those oh that is so amazing <laughs> yeah. i could not love that more yeah okay are you ready for my stock questions i am i can't wait okay candles or essential oil diffuser candles for sure okay cloth napkins or paper uh, I, I wish I were a cloth napkin person, but I can't deal so paper. Okay. City or country? 
city for sure. Paper or digital? Digital at all the way, 100%. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store as if that was an option right now? Right. Uh, I am six feet tall and with a 37-inch pant inseam and size 12 feet. So I don't even know what it is to buy things like clothes in person. So I, oh, I it's all online shopping for me. And that must have when that became a thing, that must have been like the greatest gift to you. It was the greatest, the oh very greatest. Yeah. Okay. So you don't make dinner, you said most of the time, but you get to that point where you need like a mental break in your day. Do you listen to a podcast or music? I, I alternate between both. I'm about 50-50 on those. Okay, so what would be some of your favorites, like just your go-to? Okay, well, I am, I'm very boring. So right now, since I'm self-producing a stand-up comedy tour, I'm basically starting a business. So I listen to all these really nerdy business podcasts. Like there's one called Starting Greatness from this guy in the high-tech world. My background is in high-tech. So a bunch of these podcasts that are popular with Silicon Valley people, like business founders, it is all I'm listening to right now. But now that I have discovered your podcast, Cultivating the Lovely is going to be at the top of that list. Oh, you're very <laughs> sweet. Okay, chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. All right, sports or no sports? I love watching sports. I don't play sports, but I do, I enjoy watching sports. Okay, live broadcasting, this is so silly to even ask, but would you rather broadcast or watch? <laughs> oh, I frankly watch, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling with my show right now. It's killing me, Mackenzie. Oh. <laughs> Well, I I can tell you do it very well. And I loved watching your stories today. So, Okay, what is your favorite movie? Uh, uh, It's a tie between um, Office Space and Galaxy Quest. Ooh, okay. That was was a good tie. I will take it. And last question, if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with dreadlocks in your hair and your legs unshaven, where would you be? On Negative that 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's the most honest answer anyone's ever given. Negative 50, absolutely on the crunchiness spectrum. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jen. It was a joy to be able to talk to you in the midst of all of this craziness. And I'm just absolutely loving your book. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. I'll have to have you on my show. I can't wait to yes. chat. And thank you so much for having me on. Yep. Bye. Bye. Isn't she a hoot? I had so much fun talking to her. And it was really fun to hear from my producer, too, that she was like, wow, that was a breeze to edit because you're both talk show hosts. So it was really easy for me to be able to put everything together. So that was kind of fun to hear some behind the scenes on how it all worked out and played out in the end. So if you would like to get the show notes for this episode, you can just scroll up in whatever podcasting app you're using, or you can visit boldturquoise.com slash 163, where you can also find links to our sponsors. And going over and supporting our sponsors is a great way to support our show as well, because when you give them a little bit of attention, then they stay on as sponsors of our show, which we really need right now. So visit our sponsors, go over, leave ratings and reviews and iTunes. It makes such a big difference. And we're right at that 500 number. So we would really appreciate if you would go over there and leave a really quick five-star rating and review, you know, show us a little bit of love. And also, if you go to Amazon through one of our links, you could use, for instance, boldturquoise.com slash 
therapy. And that will get you to Amazon where you can then just go ahead and buy whatever it is you actually want. And it'll give us a little kickback without costing you any more money. It's super helpful to support us as a show. And we've just got some really fun stuff in that flower therapy list that you can go check out. It is pretty beautiful and inspiring. Shell put that together for me and I just like to go look at it. All right. Follow me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We can't wait to welcome you into the community. And until next week, ladies, stay at home and be bold and gracious. Thank you.